good day everyone today we'll be looking at the sense of hearing and balance the sense of hearing and balance and when we talk about these mammals we're referring to the ear though many may think that the ear is just for hearing but i want to emphasize clearly today that beyond hearing it also helps us to balance very well I wonder when you are when you are much younger when you play perhaps you turn in a circle and in a way you alter or you disturb some balance um, mechanism in your ear you may see yourself trying to fall down so it is in here that is helpful to help you to maintain that balance that you enjoy um, working normally um, it must be noted here that in the case of the ear um, sound is what the ear receives sound wave is what the ear receives as its own stimulus so we can say that the auditory stimulus for the ear is sound wave and this is a kind of stimulus that travels very fast compared to other form of stimulus that we have considered in the past you must also take note that when it comes to the ear the ear gets the stimulation of this sound wave using what we call mechanoreceptors. It is these mechanoreceptors that we receive the impulses and send it to the brain. Of course, the, the brain will be able to interpret them and enable us to hear what is being said clearly. Um, we must also say uh, here that um, basically, mammals use uh, the information they hear from sound to monitor their surrounding to detect if there is problem in the surrounding or a danger and sometimes they can even use it to communicate um, themselves so that is just a quick one on this uh, sense of hearing now let us now go into it proper seeing what it's all made of um, remember that you have two of them, one on each side of your body and it must emphasize that it is only a small fraction that you are seeing outside there. The greater part of the ear is embedded inside the skull uh, for the purpose of protection. Believing that you have before you the diagram of the ear, let us now look at the structure of the ear to be able to understand what is a complete um, composition of or the structure that makes up the ear. If you have your diagram, you will see first the pinna, which is the one that you see um, outside. You can even feel it yourself. It's um, a soft tissue uh, that you have there. Um, and very close to it is um, that corridor that you see that has a lot of air, which we call the auditory methods. Thereafter is an end to that passage where you have air, which we call the eardrum. The eardrum. So these uh, parts complete what we call the outer air. Then if you look within again, you are going to see uh, some three set of bones, three set of small, small bones. Um, that is the armor, anvil, and the stirrup. They, as well as a passage that you see coming down there, which is called the eustachian tube, mix up the inner ear. Why for the mix up the middle ear, I mean, why for the inner ear, we have another material that is made up of the three semicircular canal then there's an extension downward 
um, which we call the cochlea. An entrance to this cochlea or to, to this in, uh, inner air is a small round end there that we call the round window. So you can, that is just a general overview of what uh, the structure of the air looks like. Now let us now go deep to look at each one of them and let's start with the, the outer air first quickly so that we now take the other one. For the outer air as I mentioned earlier is made up of the pinna. Yes, the pinna that is the soft um, uh, cartilaginous mat, um, parts that you see. It's very external. It's just like um, a dish that helps you to gather or collect sounds and direct them into the auditory method. So its purpose is basically meant to help you direct uh, the sound of um, of sound waves. Um, there are some organisms that their own pinna is just too marvelous. As in the case of um, rabbits, they have a well-developed pinna which can swive and locate and tune from one end to the other to locate the source of a sound without them having to tune their ear. So they are very powerful when it comes to picking sound. The same thing you see in dogs. Uh, but in your own case, yours is permanent. You may have to, you have to move your head for you to be able to turn in the direction of sound wave. So after that, we have what we call the air lobe, which is a passage that you have a lot of um, here. Uh, that narrow passage, it contains um, wax producing glands. They are the ones that produce the gland. And we also have this fine here. So again, it is called the hair lobe or the auditory metos. And the function of these is to prevent the entry of tiny insects, germs, and dust. Um, from entering to, into the, the ear. So that is a function of um, these parts. It keeps the germs, doors that we want to come in from. And in fact, let me be honest that that wax is very, very good because it helps you. It's, it's, it's good for the ear. It's good to protect. It helps to even um, kill some bacteria. So you may not need to always remove it all the time. Yes, you may not need to because of its, um, its useful purpose. Thirdly, for the outer ear is something called the eardrum, and that's where the outer ear ends, or what we call the thymphanic membrane. Uh, it is found at the end of the auditory uh, mythos. Uh, it's a thin membrane, just like a, a drum skin, and it vibrates a lot. So as your sound wave comes in, it vibrates on this um, on this eardrum. Um, and if you have watched um, a speaker of a, sp um, a speaker, a sound speaker before, you see the way uh, a particular material there vibrates in and out. That is how the, your air, your eardrum too, gets vibrated uh, as a result of the sound that comes from you. And of course, the eardrum will ensure that it amplifies the sound and then transmit the sound to the next layer of the air, which is the middle here. So that's just uh, a quick sum up of what we have in the outer ear. Remember, it contains three sections or three parts, the pinna, the auditory uh, methods or air lobe, and then the eardrum, which is the one that is a very delicate uh, material. And that's why you need to be careful not to use uh, sharp objects in your ears, because when you do that, you may end up damaging the eardrum. And of course, it will alter the way by which sound is being transmitted into 
think, yeah. Now we want to look at the middle here. Remember that the head drum is what separates the uh, external ear from the middle ear. Now, to the middle ear proper, it's um, is a small hair filled chamber in the skull, and um, in there you have about three tiny sub bones called the air occipitals, which are held in place by muscles. Um, and these three air occipitals, of course, these are the smallest bones you can have in the body. Um, they are by the name malleus, which is also called the ama. We also have the stapes, which is also called the stirrup, stirrup. and we have the incus or the anvil. Uh, it's important for you to understand the arrangement of these three. Uh, the malleus, which is called the ama, is one that is attached to the tympanic, tympanic uh, membrane, that is the eardrum. Uh, the stapes is the one that you see at the other end, the other end, that is the one that is at fit, fitted to the over window, which is a chamber that connects into the inner air, while the one that you see in the middle is one that starts with I, the one in the middle is the incus or the avil. It is one that connects both the malleus at one end and the staples at the other end. Together these three bones they form a kind of movable bridge link between the outer and the inner air and um, apart from these in this uh, air field and environment is another very important um, um, component and that is a narrow tube which we call the eustachian tube these two bleed from the middle ear down into the back of um, the pharynx yes it leads from the middle here down to the back of the pharynx but precisely it leads to what we call the nasopharynx which is a part of the throat just behind the nasal cavity and its function is to ensure that there is appropriate balance of air within this uh, inner air it's meant to keep the pressure there constant uh, and equal, so that's the pop function of um, of uh, these uh, station tube. So, um, in the event that there is an adjustment to the pressure of air, this will allow the ba the balancing to take place. And uh, most times, it opens only when you yawn. When you yawn, you could open. But in the event that you notice that there is no balancing in the air, in, in the pressure there. Just um, by you swallowing or allowing here um, to go through your mouth, there is always a way in which it automatically resets itself so that there is um, a kind of uh, equal pressure there. And uh, you should also be noted that this tube uh, may allow infection to travel from the throat and the nose to the middle ear. Yes, because of this space, infection will happen, and that's why it needs. There's need for one to maintain a healthy, um, 
a healthy status but sometimes it's inevitable for instance if you have cold if you have cold yes this infection this flu can block this passage and that's why you notice that when that place is um, blocked you may not be able to hear properly the cold will have choked your your, your your ear in a way or disturb the pressure and you just see that your ear is not is not appearing to sound uh, properly the way it should be however we do not want to forget the purpose of the three bones that we mentioned earlier those three bones they are meant for transmission of vibration across um, from the tympanic membrane to the oval membrane these are two membranes the tympanic membrane and the oval membrane and take note that these ossicles beyond just transmitting the the, uh, the vibrations they also magnify it in fact they increase it in a number of times so that uh, it will increase uh, the intensity of the sound and in that way that will translate to what you that you are the hearer will be able to uh, pick and that brings us to the end of the middle air now we now want to look at the next one which is the um, the inner ear remember that this inner ear is connected to the middle ear by a round window a round window that um, is found um, connected to the staples or the stirrup now let's move on to the inner ear which is a third region and um, we must say clearly here that this inner ear it consists of a complex of bony passageways these bony passageways are called bony lambrates. They are filled with fluid called perineum. In fact, these um, bony passageways, there are about three of them, or three passages that are twin, you know, tied up together. I remember in them is a kind of fluid called perineum. Uh, within these um, passageways, there are also some membranous sacs and tubes, which we call membranous labyrinth. Remember, we have the bony labyrinth, then we also have the membranous labyrinth, which is filled with another fluid, and this fluid is called the endolymph. endolymph. These um, complexes or, or fluid-filled passages are what form the two major stru- sensory structures that we see in the inner ear and what are these two things that you see there you see what we call the cochlea which is the organ for hearing and we have another one called the semicircular canals uh, along with uh, the utricle and the circle all of these are, they are the sense um, organ for balance they are the sense organ for balance now or the sensory structure for balance now let us now look at them one by one we are starting with the cochlea uh, if you have your picture with you you can see the cochlea it is that spiral coid tube that looks like that of um, 
a snail shell that you see in your diagram in the diagram before you and um, this cochlea when you unwind it what you are going to see will be three canals three canals there's one in the upper there's another one in the lower take note that the upper and the lower ones are filled with a fluid called perileaf it is a perileaf that you see in the in the two canals i just mentioned the upper one and the lower one why in between there is um, a smaller middle canal and that middle canal is called the cochlear duct it's called the cochlear cochlear duct and it is filled with what we call endoleaf so you see the arrangement of the two uh, fluid that we are talking about here the parent leaf is found in the upper and lower while the endoleaf is found in the one in the middle take note that this cochlear duct contains thousands of what we call sensory hair cells they are, that is the mechano receptors that we have in the hair. Uh, they are the one that collects um, different um, vibrations and forward them or send them as uh, through the auditory nerves to the brain for processing. So the 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 mechano receptors that the, the the sensory neurons that really collect the vibrations. In fact, they can detect different vibrations. They are found in the cochlear duct and they are the one that will forward the information to the brain, to the brain. Remember, there is uh, the whole setup of the arrangement in this uh, cochlear duct where you have the fluid as well as these uh, sensory L's, hairs that are connected um, to the auditory nerves. That setup or that comp that whole uh, package that we have there, they are referred to as the organ of cocktail. Organ of cocktail. You, if you take a closer look at the picture, you see how all of them stretches into stretches lengthwise along all the cochlear ducts, so that they can gather information from all of these uh, cochlear ducts. That ends the uh, description of the cochlear. Now let's look at the organ of balance, <clears throat> and that is the um the one that you have above them which is the semicircular canals as well as the um as well as the rubricole and the circle um the semicircular canals um of course they are connected to uh these other two parts that i just mentioned but first thing you must take note is that the semicircular canals there are three of them Two of them are vertical, they are vertical wide, the third one is horizontal. And if you look at the angle by which all of these canals are connected to themselves, they are at right angle to each other. Uh, at the end of each of these three semicircular canals, you always see a swollen end, a swollen end on one side of it. And that swollen end is called the ampulla, or the plural is ampullae. Okay, within this ampullae is something that we call the copula. And this cupola is a gelatinous structure which can be pushed from one side to the other side by movement of the endoleaf. Remember, the endoleaf is the only liquid that we have in these um, in the um, in the semicircular canal. That's the only fluid that you have in this part. Um, so the copulae 
um, under it there are well embedded sensory hairs which are also chemoreceptors they are the ones that get impulses synapses with fibers of uh, sensory neurons and forward it through the vestibular nerves which is part of the auditory nerves and send that information to the brain too for processing so it is a cupola that you have all the well-leading um, hair-like structure uh, sensory cells which gather the information and send to the brain another interesting part is that in the uh, other lower part which is the ubrico and the saco um, this part of course is majorly made up of a chalky material but under this end is another set of sensory air receptors which are mechanoreceptors too and their own work is very similar to what you see in the uh, copula they are meant to synapse with uh, sensory neuron fibers that form the vestibular nerves and these ones to forward their own information to the brain of course for the brain to now work on so having discussed all these three parts one after the other now it's time for us now to now look at how do you hear yes how do you hear how is the communication uh, between sound air coming from a source and you getting to understand what it's all about Now let's round up on the sense of hearing by quickly looking at how do we hear or how does balancing takes place. Um, from all that I've been said, very simple. The pinna is one that collects the sound air, directs it into the inner, the air canal. Then from there, there's going to be some vibration on the symphatic uh, membrane which is the eardrum it makes it vibrate this vibration is transmitted to the um, to the uh, uh, to the ossicles that is um, the three hair bones that we have the malleus incus and stapes this wants to amplify the vibration then they send it down to the oval window that is one connecting the um, inner ear the over window too of course will cause some vibration in fact it will increase the vibration to greater than 20 times of what it used to be um, the uh, overall window now also mounts some pressure on the perilith that is found in the cochlea causing it to move to and fro and so this pressure is what we now had put additional pressure on the the canals of the cochlea so there's also some form of vibration going on there and as this vibration is going on all the necessary um, cells the sensory cells have been um, have been uh, disturbed and as they have been disturbed the nerve impulses are generated and these impulses are sent to the brain. It is the brain now that will now determine the pitch of the sound uh, depending on the region of the cochlea that that sound is coming from and be able to move, uh, make meaning out of it based on the experience that has been given to the brain. Um, 
the normal humans can hear uh, sounds but um, animals like dog and bats they can even hear high frequency of sound that our own ear um, cannot uh, detect take note again that um, our normal conversation is about 20 decibel that which is the measurement in which sound is taken and any noise that is louder than 120 decibel can be very dangerous to our ear it could exert greater pressure on our lymphatic membrane and can thus damage the lymphatic membrane also take note that we in our own case have what we call bineural hearing what do you mean by that we can hear with both ears so when the sound is coming from us because our ears can pick from both sides it is possible for these two ears to give a very clear description to the brain and the brain will be able to determine where actually that sound is coming from. That wouldn't have been the case if you were to be from one ear. So that is how you hear um, sound. What about uh, keeping balance? To keep balance, um, which is a major function of the semicircular um, uh, the semicircular um, canals that you have in the inner ear, um, a whole lot of activities make that make them be able to help you to balance. For one thing, uh, these organ um, by their own way, as along with our other organs like the eye, um, the pressure receptor of the skin, the stretch receptor of the joint muscles, help to give a proper uh, imagery to the brain about our balance. For one thing, remember that the semicircular canals, they have in them some lymph, some endolymph. And these endolymph, there are relative positions that they should maintain in the canals. So in the event that you engage in some activities, it will twist the level that this, uh, can, this liquid is supposed to be, or this fluid is supposed to be, and in that way, it will sense it will send a message to the brain that there is something wrong with the balancing of the body. Um, another interesting fact is that there's remember that at the base where you have the ampulla, we mentioned that there's something called the uh, the copula. Uh, the airs in the copula they are such that the direction or the movement of the copula is always opposite to the direction of the head so in the event that the copula now begins to turn in a different direction it sends a an impulse to the brain that there is something wrong somewhere so the brain will be able to quickly readjust and send another kind of motor impulses to the appropriate muscle so that the proper balancing can be maintained so all of these things help together to give a clear picture of um, your state of balance or your 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 balance in gravity with uh, to the brain then we also have the utricle and the in the circle these ones too they also help in one way um, if you remember we said there is a chalky material um, down 
in the utricle. These um, shocking materials, um, they have under them sensory airs. And these sensory airs too, they help to monitor the movement of these shocking materials. And in that way, they are able to send appropriate impulses to the brain to be able to interpret the, the position of the body relative to gravity. In the event that one is unable or the inability to hear is what we call deafness and it can be temporary or permanent. Uh, what are the things that could cause um, deafness? One of them is um, the wax blocking of the air canal. I remember we said earlier that the wax is very good but sometimes when they have so much it could block the air canal and not be able to hear properly. Another one is a damage to the tune symphonic membrane it can also cause some form of um, deafness then another thing is when the staples become hardened and they, it becomes fused with the oval window so that it cannot vibrate because all of these three bones are supposed to be vibrating moving over each other but when one of them has fused has become hardened to one it will not be easy for proper um, proper vibration that will amplify the intensity of sound blocking of the eustachian tubes too can also bring about um, one form of deafness as we mentioned earlier that is that's what you experience when you have cold also infection of the middle here and the inner here can cause a problem too we also have damage to the sensory cells in the cochlea these are things that can bring about deafness then when you suddenly expose yourself to very loud noise and perhaps it's a constant exposure it can also bring about some form of deafness how do you then care for your air you can care for your air by removing the wax in the air regularly remember why you do that you don't want to use a sharp object because why you do that it could damage the air canal then we also want to wear what we call protective air muff when we are working in a condition whereby there is high level of noise yes then we can also gargle with mild disinfectant when we have cold or throat infection uh, that will reduce the spread of the infection through uh, that space that's um, um, later part of the pharynx into the eustachian tubo so we can just use mild infection so as not to, to control the infection that will that will affect that passage and can also see the doctors so this finally brings us to the end of all the sense organs we've been able to take all five of them beginning from the skin the tongue um, the nose the eye and finally rounding up on um, that of the sense of hearing and balance which is the ear